podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you are doing well today. My mixer should be coming soon. Please be patient. I know since I do about three or four episodes a week, it's like it's been like 60 episodes since uh, we've had better audio. But please be patient. I, I ordered one, but it didn't plug into the USB port of my... Mac computer, but that's not here nor there. So today, we're going to talk about ways to find a good therapist and perhaps why you should go to a therapist. So what's really the, the goal of the awakened man? It's to inform, but it, it's also to exhort you to optimize your life on all aspects. Because why would we want to live a life? We only have one life. We don't have reincarnation in a suboptimal way. There's no point for that. We want to live an optimal life on all aspects of our life. And you can see that played out in, in my past episodes when we were holistic health news, where I talked about episodes about how this these things cause you cancer, or the, these things are hormone disruptors, or the problems with vaccinations, or big pharmaceuticals, or big business, and all these things. Because knowledge is power, and a lot of people just don't keep up with these things because they're not really covered in the mainstream media. So certainly one aspect is going to be your physical health. Prevention is a lot cheaper than treatment. Even though organic tomatoes are more expensive than conventional, in the long run, it's cheaper than $2,000 a month chemo. But today we're going to focus on the emotional, psychological stuff. So I've, I've really talked quite a bit about childhood trauma, how that's linked to so many problems later in life, either in intersexual dynamics or in addictions and self-harming, self-sabotaging. And so I am not an opponent of therapy. Yes, I looked very skeptically at psychology and psychiatry. Psychiatry, obviously, because they're just drug pushers. I mean, look, if you have diabetes, there's actual tests that will confirm that. Blood work, urine, whatever. But when it comes to psychiatry, psychology, all you really have is the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders. And it was created by the APA, the American Psychiatric Society Association. And so it's very arbitrary. Like if you look at the, the diagnosis for depression, it's like 10 different things. You have to have, I think, six out of the 10. And it's like, do you eat too much? Do you eat too little? Are you depressed for over two weeks? Do you not enjoy things you used to do? I mean, it's extremely vague. Look at oppositional defiance disorder, the new one they want to push on kids to get kids on drugs. Are you defiant? Are you rebellious to adults? I think every kid is, but that's the whole point. 
It's extremely subjective and arbitrary. And that's saying there's no blood work. There's no blood work for bipolar. There's no blood work for disassociative identity disorder. There's not even blood work for depression. It's whatever the person, your therapist, says that you have, and then boom, you're put on very strong psychiatric drugs. Go to the episode we did on SSRIs. It says in the inserts for SSRI antidepressants that increases your chances of suicide and homicide. In addition to weight gain and sexual dysfunction and other problems. So yes, I am not a big proponent. Going back to that woman who wanted me to go back to talk about big pharma stuff. I am not a big, a big, big proponent of big pharma, especially in psychiatric drugs. It's heinous. They're drug pushers. You shouldn't be giving drugs to any adolescent kids or children. It's heinous. So no, I don't, I don't like psychiatrists. I think a lot of them are full of crap. They don't get billed unless you leave with a diagnosis. So it, it's, you know, the old saying, you can't go into a, a shrink's office and come out with nothing. Like, oh, you don't have anything wrong with you. They don't benefit from that. They charge way too much for what they really do. They're essentially drug pushers, no offense. That's not to say that if someone has severe depression, so it's severe psychosis, they shouldn't, quote, get treatment. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that for the common American with mild to moderate issues, there's this belief among the APA that everybody has a pathology. It's just a question of finding it and unearthing it. And that leads to an America that's over-medicated, which leads to an America dealing with loads of adverse effects of the drugs. Now, we can connect this to divorce because we're a broken society. I did that episode. Broken families lead to broken societies. Why are so many people on antidepressants and anxiety drugs? Because a lot of them were traumatized or abused as children. Why were they traumatized or abused as children? Because their parents had intergenerational trauma. Because maybe their parents divorced. And we know the statistics on the stepfather effect, for example. So, I mean, this is all interconnected. But either way, let's say you do have OCD or anxiety or whatever you have. I do recommend you go to talk therapy. I don't necessarily recommend the drugs. I hate to tell you. You know, if you want to get you want to get happy pills, you know, improve your microbiome. Go to episode one of this channel. Yeah, I think you can only find it on naturopathicearth.com. But we talk about the, the, the importance of the microbiome. Serotonin is made in the microbiome. It's a neurotransmitter, but it's largely made in the in the gut. So if you want to have better mood, eat more kombucha and kefir and, and Greek yogurt and get sunlight. We never talk about this, right? It's like, I'm depressed. Well, look, first of all, it's human to be depressed at times. Secondly, we never talk about, and this is the whole point of naturopathy. You exhaust all the natural ways to alleviate something or to treat mild cases of something before you go to the hardcore stuff. So if you're depressed, how about we change your diet? How about we change your sleep? How about we get exercise? How about we get sunlight? How about you talk to more friends? Go talk to a priest. Instead of just throwing you on these drugs that have horrible withdrawal effects that you might not ever get off of because if you try to get off of them, the withdrawal effects are, are worse than the actual side effects of the drugs. And now you're a slave to the drugs. By the way, talk therapy can be effective if you pick the right people. This is why confession is so effective in the Catholic and Orthodox world because just unloading your sins, unloading things that you've been carrying, it's just beneficial. It makes you feel good. So if you're going to go to a therapist, this is my recommendation. Don't go to Freudian psycho, 
analysts. Freudian psychoanalysts will encourage you to go to therapy pretty much every day, and it's always going back and, and, and hashing your childhood. You know, what did your father do to you? What did your mother do to you? And certainly that can be important, especially if you haven't had a lot of introspection and you haven't dealt with maybe if your mother or father or extended family abused you. But as a whole, I would not recommend psychoanalysts. I would recommend probably cognitive behavioral therapists because cognitive behavioral therapists for a couple things. See, with Freudians, like my mom went to a Freudian back in the 80s for years, and she would go four or five times a week at $200 a pop back then. Didn't make her get better. She still thinks her father was mean to her. It's a lot of the same issues. So cognitive behavioral therapy is going to be more of like when you have, and I'll strip this down as basic as I can. It's like when you have a negative thought or a thought that's adverse to you at a given point, you replace that negative thought with a positive thought. So something with, with, with CBT is CBT is good for anxiety. CBT is good for OCD issues. CBT can be good for insomnia. CBT can be good for things because it's all about like recognizing your thoughts and changing your thoughts. And it has very little to do with childhood trauma. Even though, you know, addressing childhood trauma, I do find it to be important. The other good thing about CBT is it's very short. You know, CBT sessions, six to 10 sessions. And if you do the homework and you, and you do what they tell you to do, you don't have to be in there for years and years and years. Now, some of you like to go to therapists just to talk and talk. Well, then go to a priest, pastor, or something like that where they don't charge you and who can actually absolve your sins. The other thing I would recommend, of course, to you men is don't go to female therapists. There's a wide variety of reasons why you shouldn't go to a female therapist. One, most of them, as in most therapists in general, have been infected by cultural Marxism. I mean, look, I was in academia. At one point, I was getting my doctorate at a well-renowned state university. And let me tell you, I mean, I, I got my master's at, a, at another state university. I was in academia for quite some time. I was a, teacher, a graduate teaching assistant. And not surprisingly, if you're looking at humanities, it's been infected by cultural and academic Marxism from since the 60s. I mean, Gramsci would be proud. And so even if you get a male therapist, I mean, you're still dealing with the fact that he's probably been infected by this stuff. With a woman, you're certainly going to get that plus radical feminism. So if you're a man coming in for, let's say, therapy for something, uh, there's going to be, and I don't want to generalize. Again, we can't generalize, but you do have to worry about latent misandry. Many of these the female therapists are divorced. I mean, there's an old saying about psychologists. They're, the, they're the, the worst people to get therapy from because a lot of those women, and it's mostly populated by women, the, uh, the psychology ranks now, whether it be an LPC or a PsyD or a PhD, a lot of them went into that field because they themselves suffered from trauma when they were a child, neglect, abuse, whatever. And so they wanted they wanted to get help. They didn't get help, or they maybe they thought they got help later on. And so they want to go into that field to help others. But most of the time, they, they themselves never got helped and never healed that wound of whatever that wound is. And so that wound still festers. And now they're trying to give advice to people who have similar wounds. And look, on one on one level, they can relate. They can sympathize. But on another level, they're messed up. 
And therapists are known to be the most messed up people. So you kind of have to go in there with a grain of salt. Now, again, I'm not saying all of them are, but we have to generalize to a certain point. So men know you don't go to a female marriage counselor when your marriage is suffering. You don't go. He, she's not going to side with you. You might not even be there. And she'll privately tell the wife, you should leave. You should leave. He's narcissistic, controlling, abusive. <laughs> You're not going to get an impartial person. You're not. And plus, look, a lot of these women are divorced, and so they want confirmation bias. So, like, you should divorce to, to assuage their guilt for what? Statistically, at least, divorcing their husband and breaking up their own family. Yet, they're going to stand there and give you advice when they destroy their own family? Which is going to lead to more broken children, which is going to lead to what? More people going to therapy. So look, go to a cognitive behavioral therapist, go to a male therapist. Some of you might want to go to Christian counselors. I don't have a problem with Christian counselors because it's, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the conventional therapists are, of course, agnostic, atheists. They can't believe in the hocus pocus that is Christianity. So if you're a Christian, why, if you're a Christian man, why in God's name would you go be going to a radical feminist, agnostic slash atheist woman? You have to go to therapists that share your worldview. So if that means going to your megachurch's therapist, even though maybe they don't have a PhD, then so be it. Because honestly, I mean, therapists should just be facilitators. So you don't necessarily need a super qualified PhD from Columbia University to go to therapy. It helps, of course, if you and your ex-wife or, you know, or your, your soon-to-be ex-wife are good communicators and you can express yourselves then the therapist can just kind of guide the conversation. But, but we all know. I mean, but most of the time, once your, your, your marriage gets to therapy, it's, it's, it's dead. It's a DNR, so to speak. So that's my tips to you guys. If you do have emotional trauma, intergenerational trauma, it's all about work, what, working on your financial health, working on your physical health, but also working on anything that's feeding that addiction. We talked about this a few episodes back. Fix that addiction. Fix that that childhood trauma is likely causing that addiction. Go to therapy, but you got to choose the right therapist. And in my humble opinion, male, Christian-oriented, cognitive behavioral therapist. Guys, if you appreciate my content at all, please post an honest review. It'll only take you about five seconds, especially if you have an Apple product. It really means a lot to me. I don't get any money off of this. It just helps with the algorithm to send this message out. The more people who subscribe and the more people who post a review. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal if you want to donate a couple dollars to defray the cost of putting this on SoundCloud. And then Naturopathic Earth, the website. Click on that link. It takes you over there. And there's hundreds of pages of articles and all the podcasts are over there. My two books are over there on the right side of the homepage. Click on the thumbnails for my two books. That takes you to Amazon. We are Amazon affiliates. So once you get to Amazon through our links, anything that you buy, we get a 2% commission at no expense to you, which is not a lot. Like I mentioned, if you... Spend $30 on something on Amazon, we get $2. If you want to talk to me from a one-on-one perspective about Red Pill or whatever, contact me at clarity.fm. And lastly, again, please subscribe and post an honest review for The Awakened Man, for Female Holistic Health Apothecary, and for Confessions of the Nobu Shop. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at The Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember... Freedom is better than Needham. Until next time.